On episode 314 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn the five biggest mistakes that players make when choosing a new racket. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is your host, Mirabhan Aranchad. And today I have an episode for you based on my experiences demoing rackets. And before I get into that, I just want to let you know how excited I am about this week because I've got the city open here in Washington, D.C., right in my backyard, essentially, and just watching a lot of awesome players here. Uh, Unfortunately, we had some big names like Medvedev and Kyrgios pull out, but we still got Taylor Fritz and Francis TFO, the hero, hometown hero here, who trained at JTCC. And uh, I've got some great players on the women's side, Jesse Pegula, of course, Svitolina, a lot of other players. So yeah, just going there every day and enjoying it. But uh, with that being said, oh, and also if you, you're there, say hi as well. But yeah, so... I've been demoing a lot of rackets lately. Some of them have been the Selinka Whiteout 16 by 19, the V-Core and E-Zone 98, Head Extreme Tour, Dunlop SX300 Tour, the Pure Aero 98, the Pure Aero 100. And I haven't made the switch yet to a new racket, but I've learned a lot about how to choose a new racket. You know, I've made mistakes and I want to, you know, educate you about them as well as some others that I've heard other, some mistakes that others have made. But I'll just launch right into these mistakes. And the very first one is buying a racket without demoing it first. This one might seem obvious, but in the last couple of weeks, I've come across a few players who have actually bought a racket for many reasons. Um, some of them I'll mention later, but you know, basically they've just read online reviews and forums. and. You know, it's okay to get a sense from the comments, but there's so many variables uh, when you're reading comments on what people think about the racket. So, you know, some of these variables are the strings and tensions that the players are using. What level do they play at? What is a lot of spin to them? What type of feel do they like? Do they have arm problems or not? You know, more susceptible to that. And, You know, one racket may feel great to another person, but it may feel uh, bad to another. So you have to go out and demo a racket. You know, I've read in the same forum, one player say, oh, this racket has a lot of pop. And then another player say this doesn't have enough pop. So, I mean, that alone just tells you that you need to try rackets on your own. You have to go out and demo rackets and... There's a lot of really good demo programs out there. I mean, I'll just name them, you know, Tennis Express, Tennis Warehouse, a lot of other sites, maybe even your local shops. And you just pay, you know, something like 15 bucks to demo three rackets for a week, something like that. I know TW does that. But yeah, definitely want to 
test out the rackets because everybody's different. I've got different needs and things like that. So different strengths and weaknesses. So you've got a got a demo. And one other thing too, with relying on online reviews and forums, I've wasted a ton of time on these forums. It, not all a waste, of course, and it's interesting to read, but in the end, it's really about, again, just trying the racket. You, you can save so much time reading hours and hours of reviews and stuff by just getting them and hitting with them. Uh, the second biggest mistake is not restringing the rackets to your ideal specs. So when I received a batch of rackets for a demo session several months ago, there were some of them that I did not bother to string. I think I was a bit busy, but that is basically just an excuse <laughs> for you know being a, a bit lazy with it or not you know realizing how important it is to restring the rackets. You know, for example, I use Hypergee at 16L, so you know some of these rackets, uh, 16L by the way, gauge, and some of these rackets were coming in with totally different polyester string, and you know sometimes multi-filament. Uh, I think I remember um, very vividly the V-Core and E-Zone uh, 98s. I was hitting with them. I think on the ball machine, actually. So the balls were also not, you know, the same as like a match or fresh can of balls, but they didn't feel good. Uh, and then, yeah, I was hitting them out too frequently and, and it just felt like the rackets were way too powerful. Um, but then the second time around, I tried... The V-Core specifically, again, but with different strings, fresh strings, and it was also almost like a, a brand new racket. So, you know, like I mentioned, the demos may come with like a 17-gauge polyester or an 18-gauge multifilament, and maybe you're used to 16-gauge polyester, um, you know, more dead string or something like that. So it's going to play very different. I remember a a guest who was an equipment specialist. It might have been Alan Iverson from Babolat, but he he mentioned that the the strings are like the engine of the the racket of the overall you know racket package. So I definitely want to make sure that you restring these rackets. Of course, takes a little bit extra funds. Of course, you know for using a your own string or you know from your stringer and then and the labor whether that's you stringing or the stringer uh, paying for the labor, but I, I do recommend also getting a string machine for the convenience. Um, it's not a necessity, but definitely you can get the racket done in you know thirty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever your skill level is. But yeah, and and also in addition to the um, the racket demos, uh, demo rackets, excuse me, their strings being different than what you use. Also, the tension of the strings can be quite different, uh, and the the strings on the demo can also oftentimes be quite old and they've lost a bunch of tension um, or be, you know, not be as playable. So the more advanced a player you are, the more important that this is because the small variables make an even bigger difference for better players. Uh, so yeah, definitely highly encourage you to, you know, when you get the demos, just cut out the string and put the strings that you use, unless you're super confident that those strings are, you know, fresh or pretty new, and then they're also similar, the same strings you're using, then maybe you got real lucky and then you don't have to restring. But yeah, that's the second biggest mistake. The third biggest mistake is not demoing a racket for long enough. So you may fall in love for with a particular aspect of a new demo racket, the first session, or you might just 
happen to be excited and, and play really well with it. And this has happened to me. I can remember actually when I was a junior, I remember playing with a, I'm trying to remember, it might've been a pro staff 6.0 or something like that, but it just felt so great. You know, the control was awesome. And I just happened to be hitting really well that day. And I thought the record was amazing and I really wanted to to buy it. But then I, I told myself, you know, let's try it again for a couple more days. And then that second day, it didn't feel as good. And then on top of that, you might realize that a particular racket that you you're demoing and you think is awesome overall is not the racket that's ideal for your game. And I remember playing also with the 18 by 20 uh, Wilson blade, which is a fantastic racket. The first day it felt really unreal. <laughs> uh, that was kind of a weird phrasing there, but it felt unreal for its feel and control. But then I, I played again the next day and realized, you know, even though I really like this racket, it doesn't quite give me the spin and the power that I'm looking for. So I need something with more pop, you know, just being realistic with yourself. So you do want to demo the racket again for multiple days so that it, the, the first honeymoon period, if you will, you know, you make sure that it's not just that and that it's consistently performing how you like it. So definitely demo the racket for multiple days. And again, you know, these demo programs, they will give you a week. So that's, that's great. So you just want to also make sure that when you order the racket or more precisely, when you are going to receive the racket that, that next week you plan enough practices. So yeah, that's, that's really important. The fourth biggest mistake when choosing a new racket is not demoing enough rackets. So there are a lot of rackets out there. Obviously there's so many that I, I mean, I've tested so many 98 square inch spin slash control with some power frames. And you want to pick out at least, I would say three to five of them to demo to make sure that you're picking the best one out there and don't, don't just limit yourself to one to two rackets. So, you know, again, with the capability of, I think three rackets at a time, you can actually hack this and then just for example, take three rackets uh, out for demo tennis warehouse, and then also take three out for demo from tennis express. So you can do, uh, you know, six side or six set at one time. So definitely make sure that both the duration and the number of rackets are higher than than lower. <laughs> yeah, because as you can see, for me, I've demoed a ton, and I'm still not set on on my racket yet. And then the fifth and probably one of the most prevalent among club level players, especially on the, the lower end uh, or newer ones, are is picking the most popular or the best looking racket. And I really implore you to not simply choose a racket because you think the color looks cool or arguably worse because you see a lot of friends or people use it. I think this is very prevalent with the pure arrow right now, even though it's really a great racket. But I've just been to tennis um, facilities where I'm just seeing like 60 to 70 percent of the <laughs> players at, at, at some points, um, not all the time, obviously, but sometimes they're all having pure arrows and nothing wrong with that if it's a proper racket for you. But I think a lot of people, they just think, oh, well, 
this racket is being used by a lot of players. So therefore it's a great racket. So I should get it. And then other people think that, well, you just get a racket and you'll get used to it no matter what you get. But why make yourself adjust for the, your play for the racket when you can find a racket that can improve areas of your game? And, you know, a racket that you just choose because of these superficial reasons can end up being totally the opposite of what you need for your game. So, uh, so yeah, those are the five most, uh, the five biggest mistakes that players make when choosing a new racket and, you know, picking the right racket is so important for many reasons. It can make an area of your game, for example, your serve and forehand, even more of a weapon or it can improve certain weaknesses as well. Uh, some rackets have a much better, more stable slice or stability with the back end than others. For example, when I ch was demoing the Pure Arrow, actually both the 98 and 100 versus my current racket, which is a Pure Arrow VS, the 2017 version, those two rackets, the former ones that I just mentioned, they gave me a lot more stability on my backhand although the slice wasn't that great. And then, you know, I pick up a blade 18 by 20 and my slice is in incredible. Same with the Dunlop SX300, but, you know, with the blade, like I mentioned, I don't get enough power, for example. I think I remember the SX300 gave me very easy depth, which was really cool. Did have to make sure that I applied a lot of spin to it. And yeah, it's picking the right racket is just, more important than you might think. So I really want you to go out and demo several rackets, restring them to your specs and choose the right racket for you based on what you feel about the racket and not what other people say about them. And, you know, just kind of going back to this string part of it, it's really amazing how much of a difference to, you know, using different strings with the rackets can can like change how the racket plays. And I think that's my next step. So I was using a bunch of different demos and gradually I re realized that I, I have to restring them to what I'm playing with or, or thereabouts. So I put Hyper-G 16L gauge in all of my demos, you know, took the time to string them maybe a couple of day or whatnot and, um, you know, made a difference. But the next step is to I think tweak a bit because, you know, some of these rackets are, are great, but maybe Hyper G16L isn't the right one for them because maybe, you know, a particular frame is more muted. So you need a, a string that has more feel in it than Hyper G, or maybe it's the opposite. You know, if the string, if the racket is more stiff, maybe you need a more dampened string. So there's so many variables, which quite frankly makes it <laughs> to, to me, makes it pretty complicated, uh, especially the, the better player you are and the more, um, the more that these things make a difference for you. So it's really interesting, really fun, but also can be time consuming. So for those of you who actually get a few rackets, demo them and actually find them to be perfect for your game, really jealous. <laughs> but yeah, so I will actually be posting a YouTube video about the latest rackets I've been trying out that I've narrowed down to be the best top three 98 square inch spin rackets uh, at the moment, at least. And those are actually going to be the Piero 98, the Selenko Whiteout 16 by 19 and the Dunlop SX300 Tour. So that'll be, that'll be really fun. But yeah, if you have any 
tips for demoing rackets, then feel free to share them. You can always email me at mirbon at tennisfiles.com. But yeah, I just thought that this might be an interesting episode and just uh, bring some bring to light, you know, some mistakes that a lot of people are making and that that I've also made when demoing rackets. It's really a very interesting process. Um, yeah, I mean, just tweaking the strings, tweaking the tension can make a huge difference in the long launch angle, the feel, the power, everything. So you do want to speak with a, an expert on the subject. If you know a stringer or listen to some episodes that I've done with stringers, you can just go to tennisfiles.com slash podcast. And then in the great uh, podcast player, you can just type in, you know, different search words like racket or, or strings, equipment, things like that. And you'll find episodes about, about the rackets and strings and, and demoing um, tips and stringing tips and stuff like that. But yeah, if you did find value from this episode and the podcast, and I really would appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast, and you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts with an S at the end. And that particular platform just helps the most in terms of visibility and rankings for the show. So that would be cool if you put it on there. But, you know, reviews anywhere are much appreciated. Also want to leave you with a quote, as I often do at the end of the show, and this one is by Winston Churchill. Winston said, to improve is to change, to be perfect is to change often. Really like that quote a lot. But yeah, uh, it's I tell you, going to professional tournaments like the City Open is just so eye-opening to sitting at the baseline and, and watching uh, these these amazing players play is is. You know, I, just, I was taking a bunch of slow-mo video of different players' serves. I think I got Michael Mose and I got uh, Hubert Hercatch's slow-mo serve. And it's very interesting. I think one takeaway I found was just how much they're loading their body till the last second before they explode into the ball. Uh, that's a big one. But yeah, just anyway, it's very motivational to watch. It, it's kind of ironic because... You know, I'm watching tennis the whole week and I want to play. I want to just jump on one of the courts at the city open and play, but I'm not going to be able to play for probably like a week or something. I, and then I have a 10-0 match on Monday, so I've got to figure out something. Maybe just skip a few hours of city open and play tennis and then go to the open. But anyways, yeah, I hope that was helpful and wish you all the best, uh, especially if you're demoing rackets that this episode helps you out but with that i hope you have a great one and i'll see you on the next episode of the tennis files podcast this is your host mirban Aranshad signing out thanks for listening to the tennis files podcast for more tips to help you improve your tennis game visit tennisfiles.com